So I greet each and every one of you this morning once again in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, especially our visitors, uh, Tessa and her daughter. Welcome. And uh, I don't know if we have Nelly here. Is Nelly here? Okay. She didn't come. Okay. There's been a Nelly that she's been uh, at me about when the church is opening. And she was in Durban last week and... Uh, don't know, I suppose she didn't get the message that we had a service today. She'll come on Sunday and find the church locked again. Oh my. But nevertheless, this morning, we are going to go through the same scriptures that we spoke about last week, that is uh, Exodus 12 and Acts 12. Just see how we tie it up. I don't know how it's going to pan out. But as I was preparing even through this week, I'm, I, I am of the understanding that God is constant and is consistent in his word. That everything that God will do, he does purposefully. He does it because he has a plan. And that plan can never deviate from the reality of the love of humanity. All the things that God has ever done and ever placed on the earth and ever placed in the heavenly places, it is to accommodate you and I. We cannot change it. We can uh, fancify a whole lot of things. But the very fundamentals, the very purpose of creation is to accommodate man and when man has dealt with uh, the challenges of life, you then uh, come back to your original form, and that is when we become more like him. And we become like him. We become him. We become, uh, in our initial stages, we have to find him and then to represent him. And in our uh, a representation of who he is on the earth, we begin to prepare and be prepared to be in his presence eternally. And uh, I just found that to be of such a, a profound reality that God has done everything. He has always had a plan. And that plan, can, we can never deviate from the reality that that plan or the pathway to fulfillment of that plan is always uh, being uh, uh, paved, for lack of a better word, with uh, the blood. We see when man sinned in the garden of uh, in the garden of Eden, everything was perfect. Everything was created perfect. Everything was created uh, for man uh, to thrive in it. And then, of course, deception came and man fell from that grace. And God's reaction was to make a sacrifice and cover man again. And we can trace our journey, even in the book of Exodus, you know, they are full of uh, examples of God's rescue plan that he has laid out. It never fails. Mark my words, God's plan for your life will never fails. We might fail, I mean, uh, the children of Israel failed umpteen times. 
They challenged God. They disbelieved God. They moved away from his plan. But at the end of the day, he carried them to the promised land. It might take that much longer, but God's plan always succeeds. So for man, for you to enjoy the reality of God's grace is to learn how to comply earlier. Let us comply earlier. Let's come into that reality that God has created us for himself. Let us forget about trying to fix ourselves, trying to make us ourselves in our own way to be acceptable to him. We can only be acceptable to him when we comply with his word. We comply with his plan. We comply with his purpose. And as I have read, I think this has been just in my spirit the whole year. I think when uh, it dawned on me is during the lockdown of last year and coinciding it with the reality that it was a week before we cel- uh, the celebration of Passover that we were locked down. And there were many scriptures that uh, uh, alluded to the reality that we need to learn to comply. Uh, one of those scriptures that was touted many times is, is found in Isaiah 20, verse 26. Come aside, my people. And uh, the end of it, it says, until the wrath of God has overpassed. And when the wrath of God has overpassed, you can come back again to your reality. But we didn't comply with that. Most, even right now, the church of Jesus Christ is still looking to the vaccine. And God is wanting, he's saying all over you see the, in, in scripture, come unto me. Come unto me. You that are heavily laden. I don't know the ladenness of what you are carrying. You know the things that you really think, I don't think even God can carry this because I have messed up so much. I don't think God can forgive me. I mean, you hear that all the time. But the blood of Jesus is much stronger than that. Even all the delusion that we can get get ourselves carried away with, but the blood of Jesus still stands firm today. We find it right in the beginning in Genesis. We find it in a strong way in uh, Exodus 12. Not that it was a beginning. It was just uh, the, the beginning of that. As I say, we saw it uh, when uh, Adam and Eve were covered. I mean, uh, uh, Adam and Eve, they uh, tried to recover themselves by uh, organizing fig leaves. And uh, that was not God's plan. He had to then uh, sacrifice an animal, get the skin, and cover them. That's God's original plan that he will do things for us. All we need to do is learn how to comply with that reality. Right now, in the church of Jesus Christ, we have uh, allowed the fig leaf of religion to uh, overtake us. We have believed that that, uh, if I come to church, if I pray enough, if I read the Bible enough, then uh, 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 I am covered. But we neglect... uh, uh, the fundamentals of coming back to him in salvation. Because the Bible is clear. When we will acknowledge him, 
when we would confess with our mouth, we would believe with our heart. When you believe with your heart, don't look at the thing that beats inside of you. It is the whole uh, centrality of man. It is with your mind, with your, with your spirit, with your whole being. When you would uh, uh, put that into the trust in God, that for me is complete salvation. You know, we have made a, a salvation as that which uh, when you come to the frontier and you said yes, as a man says the uh, words, you follow after him. And then uh, we expect then a baptism of the Holy Spirit and we think that, that is complete. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the reality is, it is a tool that God has given to man by which they can worship God in spirit and in truth. Those things have got to come back again to the church. But, uh, okay, um, my thrust of this morning is found in verse 2 of uh, Exodus 12. And, uh, and I, I really, really sincerely believe that if we would take this word today, as I say, from the first time of lockdown, I read this word here, yeah, and I really thought... Uh, when the next Passover comes, I need to bring this here to the church because I really believe that if we would believe with our heart that uh, in this time, this month, you know, I'm not talking about the month of April. I am talking about this time in which we are sitting, wherever you would hear my voice on this reality. If you will take it in and say, all those things I... Uh, of yesterday, now I cut off, I leave them behind, for today it shall be unto me a new month. Let's just read it. It says, this month shall be to you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. He says, verse 3, speak ye unto the congregation of Israel, saying, in the tenth day of this month that they shall take to them every man a lamb. According to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a household. But uh, let's go back again to verse, uh, to verse 2. Because there has to be a time when there is a, a, a turnkey moment, they call it, where the things begin to unlock, where your mind begins to unravel the things that, that have been a challenge to you, where suddenly your eyes are open, you are beginning to see Scripture is now speaking to me. It is speaking in my situation. I am able to take this here because it doesn't require me to do very much. All it requires of me is to place my trust in God that all the things that have been a challenge to me for so many days and now are coming to an end. I have to determine to bring those things in the end without having to roll my sleeve and say, come on, let me take you on because the enemy you cannot see, you can not physically fight him. The fort is the fight is in the spirit. You have to fight in your spirit, man, and you have to win in your spirit. There's a, there's that reality, and uh, I want to, you to understand that there is a time of beginnings and a time of beginning. I, be, I believe for the church, it is now. It is today. It is when we celebrate the death of Jesus Christ, because the, 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 it will signify that the things that were done then are now we are putting them to death, and we need to wait then for the day of resurrection, where we uh, we've give ourselves the time to digest this. 
Remember that the, what we are speaking about right now, it's taken the place already. It says, 10 days you shall bring the lamb into the house. The lamb is no more the one we're going to slaughter. It is a lamb that was already slaughtered before the foundations of the earth. It is Jesus Christ himself. There is nothing else that you need to look into the physical. It's got nothing to do about sacrifice, about celebration. It is that which has already been done in the spirit. And we need to take that into our homes. And the word says, this is key for a whole lot of people. That the word says, you have to eat everything. Eating everything, it means I can't believe some things and unbelieve other things. It might be doctrinally deviated from what you have held on to, but give yourself a chance just to hear, just in case I have been uh, so taken up by this view, but really God is saying, just look at this view here. It doesn't have to, it might not need a whole lot of adjustment, but it's going to take you to places where I want you to be. And now I want us then to move on to Acts 12, where we are going to look at Peter. In fact, it opens up with, and then Herod, when he saw that uh, the things were moving against the church that was busy forming at the time, he took James, the brother of John, and had him killed. And then when he saw that it pleased the Jews, then he decided, Mm-mm, let me go for their main man, because by this time, Okay, maybe, you know, I, I don't know how it is. Sometimes I think uh, in our walk in life, we can display some weakness. We know Peter, he denied Jesus at a critical time. But the reality is just for us to learn from. We too, many times, we have shied away when uh, there was a moment and there was a heatedness of the word where there was uh, this argument or uh, us having to put ourselves as, yes, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. We've rather felt, I will not make a comment. I will sit back. And that point is just being made to us that there is none of us, even if you are in the forefront, there is not a time that you are so all together that, uh, you know, all things work for you. Uh, yes, Peter was there. He loved Jesus with all his heart. But there came a time when things did not go his way and he decided he's going to take matters in his own hand. And Jesus will say, Peter, that's not how we do it here. And he'll go and put the man's ear back. God speaking, you know, sometimes we take the word of God literally, which we should, but there are times when we need to look deeper. What is a message being put on display? What do I need to understand? 
And I'm beginning to understand even more and more that I will not prejudge anything until I know that God has said it, the way I see things. Not that I don't, there's a, a no belief system that I believe in, but uh, I've just seen too many things and too many people that uh, we thought that they will never amount to anything and suddenly they had come out of the miry clay out of nothingness and they begin to surpass even those that you thought well here's a man, here's a woman that is after God's own heart and who is that there? Ah, oh, no man, you are caught up in drugs you are caught up in this thing here and God I tell you the day God begins to clean that person up you see there is that element of deep appreciation of what God has done for them and so Peter came to that realization that uh, he had messed up and he had messed up badly. And when this moment came, there was no time for him to take out the kalamba and chop anybody. He was arrested. He was taken into prison. And so strong was the need to incarcerate this man that uh, they had uh, two soldiers sleeping next to him. They really wanted to make sure. And at the gate, there was... Uh, um, more guards that were mounted and further down the line there was more guards that were uh, put there. They really wanted to secure Peter and uh, but a funny thing happens as it would happen in Exodus 11 where uh, uh, God said to Moses today I am going to do an amazing thing. I am going to take the firstborn of everything of the Egyptians up to their cows up to his henchmen every firstborn I'm killing tonight you know God uh, has placed uh, such a high price on you I wish sometimes we would appreciate the high price he has placed on you I think it's Isaiah 43 also where he says I will give up Egypt I will sell everything to rescue you. I wish sometimes we would really appreciate, instead of saying, uh, you know, uh, Isaiah 53, it's, uh, it says uh, that, uh, uh, that uh, 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 all the things that Jesus would be put through would be for us. In fact, we would see uh, when uh, it comes to us recognizing that uh, all the things that Jesus would be put through would be for us. But the word says, we esteemed him not. And we thought that God was punishing him. I mean, even the Jews still will tell you that to this point. That because Jesus was an imposter, God punished him by allowing him to be hung on a cross. And so that is just a mindset that they need to lose. So... Peter is placed in this. The firstborn in Exodus 11 die. And the same word is used in Acts 12 where it says in the middle of the night the angel came and smote Peter and told him to stand up. Get up and put on your sandals. 
In other words, shod your feet with righteousness. Understand that now you are entering into a new pathway, into a new arena. Things are about to be open for you. I am setting you free from that which was a bondage to you. You were held up in fear at that time. Now I want to place some boldness inside of you, but you're going to have to take my instructions. The angel will insist uh, to, uh, uh, with him, and he will be carried out of there. There's two soldiers are fast asleep. The guys at the door, they fast asleep. And God, uh, uh, the angel, takes them out and takes him out even to the outer gate. And Peter says, as I got to the gate, the angel left. And I think at most times, uh, the, uh, that is how God is busy working. To, with, uh, that's why last week I said, I believe now is the time for, church, for the church to begin to think what God is doing. You know, uh, we have waited uh, for everything to be spelled out for us. How do I behave? When should I pray? When should I fast? I know this year we didn't even talk about fasting. I didn't even do any fasting this year. But I do understand that that is an individual thing. You have to decide where are you with God at a particular time. Are you ready to make some sacrifices saying, Lord, if I continue this way, I am losing touch. Because right now, the church is losing touch with the church. How many of you have found it easy to go to somebody that has lost their loved ones to go and sympathize with them? Not easy. What did they die of is the first question. Hmm? It's not easy. You just don't know. You can't play a hero in this time. You have to be sure. It's difficult to pray for, I was, I was saying to Colleen this morning, we don't even pray for our neighbors, Mozambique. The people have been killed. It's over a year now that uh, ISIS has moved in, in there and is busy forcing people to convert. If you don't convert, obviously you die. The government is doing absolutely nothing. Nothing. In fact, last year when they three, uh, killed three people, they said, no, it's not true. But now, just the other day, they killed a South African guy. His, I think his brother and his uh, father, they had to spend the night with him, dead. They had to sleep over him or whatever. They had to lie in the, in the grass for these uh, crazies to go past. The church is being persecuted. You might not believe it, but the persecution of the church is right here. And it is time for the church to begin to take some basic things and realize that, that God is for us. And it is at a time when the church is under persecution that you're going to see the church thriving. Right now, we don't seem to have anything to pray about. You know, right now, it is just survival. If only I can survive. You know, I, I can't go there. I might come back uh, with uh, a virus. I can't, uh, well, you can't go to church. 
because if you're in church, that's where the virus is supposed to be. You can go to the shopping centers, you can go to uh, the pub. I mean, uh, I have that in front of my workshop. The guys are sharing their drinks in, the, in front there. They are playing pool inside there. They're breathing on each other. None of them get a virus. But come to church, boy, you're in trouble. And so I, I looked at this here uh, when uh, we come to the book of Acts. I see uh, um, James being killed. And uh, then the, at the next moment, uh, Peter is being saved. And I'm thinking, I don't understand. How is it? Here was uh, James. He was just as much a believer. He uh, uh, loved Jesus uh, greatly. And yet one of them had to give up his life. And one had to stay and to continue the fight. And I realize that now is a time when God is busy opening the gates. In the midst of all your trouble, where the trouble is lying side by side with you, God is going to pull you out of that situation. He's going to open doors, even though their doors are totally shut. God is going to allow you to walk through. But it's going to take you to begin. Peter says, I didn't believe it until the time that I was walking alone. And then he will come to the house. And here's another important thing. He comes to the house, John Marks's mother's house. He comes there and he knocks at the door. You know the young lady comes to the door. She sees that he's Peter. Instead of opening the door, she runs inside. She says, Peter's at the door. And those the prayer warriors, they say, no child, just go away. You know, right now is not a time to play games. Don't you see we are engaged in a life and death situation. This man needs a rescue. Don't play games now, right now, child. And she says, no, I'm serious. He's at the door. Your miracle is at the door. You've been praying. I dearly hope that you have been praying. Lord, in this time of lockdown, raise your church up. Let it come to a place where it makes declaration. It makes a decree. A decree is a governmental statement that is backed by the Holy Spirit. But we first, before we make any decrees, before we make any laws, we ourselves must come to that place where we are user-friendly with the word of God. Where God can, uh, can trust us once again. If you'll remember even uh, those that were gi uh, given uh, uh, different talents. As I intimated in that uh, uh, sermon, that it didn't matter if you had five talents or you had one talent. The reality is, what are you doing with that one? Because the commendation, whether you had five or you had two or you had three, the commendation was, well done, good and faithful servant. Even if the guy that had one, if he had produced another, the word would have still been, well done, faithful servant. Now that you've been faithful in a little, and now I can entrust you to greater things. But if we haven't been able to keep even just that one, instead we would say, no, this is only for me. This is only when I'm just going to get parceled up and ready for heaven. I'm going to see nothing, I'm going to hear nothing, and I will say nothing. 
God will say, well, even that little, just take it away and give it to the guy that has, uh, has more. In other words, God is calling us to productivity. He's setting us free. Today, I believe it is your day of freedom. We need to receive that word that uh, God is physically sending his angels to take you out of your situation and place you in a place where you can become uh, uh, productive. Because Peter was uh, more productive thereafter than he was before. He was still ducking and diving around, maybe still filled with the guilt of yesterday, having said, I don't know who this guy is. And God had to make a decisive move on Peter and demonstrate to him that he loved him nonetheless. That he was only there for posterity that we might learn that God never rejects us. There's no rejects in God. I believe any person that uh, goes to hell, it is by their own choice. I think there are ample uh, lessons and teachings all over the earth for not one person, except in some remotest parts of the earth, where they can say, well, I didn't know. I know I've heard people saying, Jesus? I mean, in South Africa, of all places, I don't know anything about this Jesus. And I'll say, you're such a liar. You're such a liar. The thing is, you can say what you want to say. The reality is, the word says that God said, I would place my spirit within them. So that none can say, I didn't know him. Because I will place a witness inside of them so that they will have no need for any man to come to them and say, do you know the Lord? So they all know. Everybody knows. I know there was one time when, uh, I think it was around 1983, when uh, we used to have church in this place here. We were sent out to, to do street ministry. We went to Checkers. And as people came out, we would want to give them tracks and uh, say, do you know Jesus? One guy came and he says, no, 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 me, I'm, a, I'm an atheist. Say, how, how do you judge that you're an atheist? Well, I don't believe in God. It means then you do believe in God, that you chose not to believe in God, not that you didn't know that he exists. You know he exists. That's why you have made a conscious decision to reject God. Because I said to him, right now, if this God were to choose to hold his ear that you are breathing right now, would you say, I still don't believe in you? Oh, well, that's another matter altogether. So you do know that God exists. So just don't deny and say God doesn't exist, but you accept everything that God does. You accept that the trees are there for you to uh, take your carbon, uh, what, what? No, 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 the trees give us oxygen. What do we breathe out? Carbon dioxide, of course. I'm thinking of the industry now. I'm thinking of the carbon brushes. Oh, my goodness. But the reality is God has placed everything for man to thrive. I mean, even the trees that we chop, we make firewood with it. So good. It's the extent of God's love. It is eternal. It is fixed. It's unchangeable. It doesn't change. It doesn't have to. It doesn't matter whether people believe in God or they don't believe in God. He still remains God. 
Whether they believe that Jesus died on a cross or they don't. He still died on a cross. He still achieved that which uh, uh, they, uh, uh, he needed to achieve. And that was to pay the price for mankind. Hey, mankind. He's such a beneficiary of God's goodness. God's mercy. My brother, my sister, do not hang on to your yesterday's hurt. Today is a new day. You need to make a decision. You need to make a decision. I am going to put away yesterday's hurt. I am going to come into a new understanding of who God is. That God has loved me eternally. You might say, well, you know, I am hung up on these things here. Yes, you are hung up on these things here. But it means that you need to make a decision. Does that thing that you are hung up on glorify God? As I said, in my, uh, when I got saved in 1982, one of the things I had to ask God, those things that do not please you, please take them away. I opened my, because I knew, I, I mean, okay, I used to drink. Smoking, I think it was fading away at that time. I never had to struggle while well, I wasn't an, uh, an alcoholic, agreed. But I've never put liquor in my mouth since. Not even to say, ah, just do that for whatever reason. Because I have no need for it. I need the drink of the Holy Spirit because he satisfies and he satisfies far superior. And so, I would ask you once again to seriously think about following Jesus with all of your heart, with all of your strength. Really put an effort into your prayer time. If there are challenges that you have, you know, you can pray for the moon and the stars to come down. But if your, if your life is not being changed by your connectivity to, the, to God via the Holy Spirit, you need to have a reset again. Just sit back, spend the day, and say, Lord, I am struggling in these areas. God is ready to give you a way out when you recognize that you have a problem. Don't tell your friends about it. Tell God about it. Because your friends will use it against you. But God will lift you up out of that. And by that, unlocking the greatest testimony that you will ever have. You know, some of you might think, oh, well, my life is already set. What is he talking about? Things are not going to change for me. I'm comfortable the way I am. But if you will ever see into the eyes of the Spirit, if you would ever see the comfort of the Spirit of the living God, you will realize that you have such deep potential. There is so much in you that needs to be unlocked. There is so much in you that the world needs to see. God has got such a deep plan for you and I. Do not allow yourself to become complacent and think, well, hey, I missed my moments there. I really should have. You still could. 
you're still good. As long as you have breath on your body, you have a chance to make it good. The love of God, the fellowship of his Holy Spirit is what we need to learn to hunger after. We need to learn to hunger after. Seriously, seriously. And let us look at the, you know, I I find the Bible, it's so instructive on so many fronts. There's just so many things, so many, so many things that uh, we have allowed to be told, but when we come into Scripture, we see those things, how they pan out, and it is always for my good. Amen. Amen.